Hello, I'm Kim Katola, host of Cradle My Heart Radio. Our mission is preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. And our vision is to bring abortion recovery to the church, reaching out to equip and encourage pastors, elders, ministry leaders, and others so they can minister God's love to the millions of Christians personally impacted by this moral crisis of our time. Saving lives and healing hearts, this is Cradle My Heart Radio. Find us online at cradlemyheart.org. Where can you find God's voice in the noise on reproductive choice? For over a million women and men each year, the question goes beyond politics to become much more pressing and personal, both before and after the choice. And we are called to love the little children just as God does. Listen to Cradle My Heart Radio with your host, Kim Katola, speaker, writer, and broadcaster, sharing God's truth to prevent abortion and help those it hurts. Learn more at cradlemyheart.org. Thank you so much for being here today, for turning your attention and your heart to the problem of abortion in our midst, and especially in the church among Christians, among women and men who follow the Lord Jesus Christ faithfully and may have an abortion in their past uh, or may have been involved in an abortion in some other way rather than directly uh, experiencing an abortion. We know that abortion impacts everyone that it touches, including people who support it indirectly or directly. If you drive a friend to an abortion, I have heard so many stories of people who have lived with guilt afterwards saying, I was complicit in the death of a child. Uh, if you indirectly, by refusing to help in any material way, support an abortion, you may end up in the guilt and grief and the worldly sorrow of abortion in the aftermath. And whether or not your experience was total, as was mine, in having an abortion, or as uh, some of these other ways that I've talked about, maybe you never knew about it, you're a uh, sibling or a child of someone who had an abortion, still, there's a remedy, there's hope, and there's a path to freedom and God's love for you. And that's what we're going to discuss today with our guest, Kay Kiefer, who leads the group and is the founder of We Are Everywhere. Kay, welcome to Cradle My Heart Radio. Oh, thank you so much for having me today, Kim. I appreciate it. Kay is a registered nurse and has started this group that is an outreach in the church for people impacted by abortion. Tell us about We Are Everywhere. Well, We Are Everywhere is a small nonprofit organization I founded in 2018 after it really dawned on me that uh, post-abortive women are everywhere. We're everywhere hidden in plain sight. Um, and uh, we, we are, you know, we are daughters and mothers and grandmothers and sisters and friends and we're in your Bible study and live next door. And yet many times people don't know um, don't know that we're there. Um, the, the main reason that this organization exists is to expand awareness about the extent to which abortion can really negatively impact women, and particularly women in the church, and then to help those women find hope and healing. Mm. Uh, the first, the first, um, the first uh, thing I came up with when I founded this organization actually was this open letter that I wrote to pastors, priests, and ministry uh, leaders, which has been signed by a number of post-abortive women, and just is a plea, like, you know, to see the fact that there is this need in our congregation and to please speak to the issue. Mm. 
Mm. I want to talk about that because I think it's a wonderful template for approaching ministry leaders and pastors. Um, and I, I want to hear how that has gone since you have been using it and circulating it. Um, but I also want to give you the chance to share your story and tell us why this is so important to you and why you're personally pro-life. Sure. Uh, I, I grew up in a family where faith was very important and we regularly attended church, but I don't recall ever hearing messages about the preborn or even about the sanctity of human life. Um, I still came away with the sense that when a woman was pregnant, that was human life. And I knew God was the creator. Um, growing, you know, going through high school, I had friends who had abortions, but I never thought that would be me um, until that day when I was 19 and I found myself in an unplanned, unwanted pregnancy. And Kim, I tell you, I immediately went into um, the mode of trying to cover it up. I, I quickly came to the thought that abortion was the way to fix this problem, um, to avoid having to disappoint my family. And so unfortunately, that is what I did. I, I went forward with that abortion even knowing in my heart or believing in my heart that it was wrong. And I had no idea that it would change my life forever. Mm. Um, you know, there, there's been many years since then, and I have thankfully um, been healed through Christ. Um, and I've come to the point that I am, I am very pro-life. And I'm pro-life because simply God is. I mean, he's, he is the creator, and he knows the number of our days, um, and we we are not to destroy new image bearers of Christ, regardless of the stage of their development or their level of dependence or even the current environment they live on. Um, our job is to nurture and protect the precious life that He creates. You know, you use the uh, term the image bearers, and, and we see this in Scripture, and <clears throat> I want to give you a chance to speak to anyone who has some ambivalence about this or it just has not yet come into focus for them why that is so important. I mean, in in the epistle of James, James says, you know, you curse people who are made in God's image and it's it shouldn't be. You know, you you can't do that, especially in the same mouth that's supposed to be speaking blessing or that is speaking blessing. And somehow people think that that was limited to speech and not limited to treatment of the image bearers mm-hmm. of God. Why? Tell me about your use of that term, because that's a, that's a theological term, and it's an important one. And there may be people who never thought about it in these terms, but there are those who, for you know, it's just gone over their heads. They haven't grasped it yet. Tell us about why the image bearers of God are so important to him. Well, you know, there's also that term, Imago Dei, and um, that's us. I mean, we we bear God's very image, and from the very beginning of the Bible, when God creates um, man and woman, it says there in Genesis 1, 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female he created them. God is our, I mean, God is God. He is our, um, he is our Savior. He is our Father. And as followers of His, 
we don't want to do anything to tarnish or defame his name. And I can't think of anything worse, honestly, than intentionally destroying an image bearer, a, a, a new, newly created human who is carrying the image of God in their being. Mm. To me, that's the ultimate um, slap in the face um, to God. Right, that the 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 importance that he gives to having created us in his image, it's almost as if we are destroying a part of God by destroying an image bearer of God is what I hear you saying, and I don't think that's an overstatement. If um, you know someone wants to argue with me about it, cradlemyheart.org. The email's always open. <laughs> so <laughs> I just you know, but seriously, I've seen people arguing about this who claim to be Christian on social media and elsewhere very recently, you know, as to what's the problem. And then, as you said, you know, you are 100% pro-life. I take that, tell me what you mean by that, because that's also a term that, you know, if if we're making exceptions in certain cases, is this not also an image bearer of God? What do you mean when you say you are 100% pro-life? Well, you know, Another thing that we hear so very often in the media and often from Christians are exceptions in the case of those hard cases, rape, incest, life of the mother, fetal anomaly, and those are such hard cases. I mean, I thankfully have never been in that, in that position. Um, and I think as Christians, as people who care about other people, when we hear that a woman has conceived a pregnancy as a result of rape or incest, you know, we don't want her to feel further hurt. So immediately, many times, people, you know, the mind goes to the idea that, well, we just need to destroy any evidence that this happened. But again, if we believe that every person is created intentionally by God in his image, um, this little person is also an image bearer of Christ, regardless of this child's um, father and what that father did. Um, this child carries half of the mother's DNA and half of the father's DNA, and that child is innocent. Above all, that child is innocent. There isn't another crime that I can think of where we execute the innocent for the crime of the father that and 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 I know that I know that 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 may not be a very popular view but I think our job in those situations is to come around that woman and just and encourage her and support her and love her and help her with the physical and emotional needs that she has I think an abortion in those cases often in, um, inflicts a further trauma on her already traumatized body and mind Mm. I, it's very. Um, I think this what you've made some excellent points, and I think that for me, becoming one hundred percent pro life uh, meant I had to give, first of all give up every accommodation for abortion in my own mind, right? Mm-hmm. Which meant I needed to come to full repentance about my, you know, having taken part in abortion at age twenty three which was similar to your story, Kay. I wanted to cover it up. I didn't want to disappoint people. I wanted to protect my future, whatever that meant to me at the moment, you know. And um, mm-hmm. 
you know, so afterwards I had I had just languished in worldly sorrow, you know, feeling horrible, feeling guilty, feeling knowing I had lost something. It wasn't yet even to me someone. Uh, abortion propaganda had so thoroughly dehumanized my child to me that, you know, it was it wasn't even a person in my mind. I knew I knew a pregnancy creates a new life. But, oh boy, I just, I couldn't go there in my mind. And so I think, you know, in order to be able to say 100%, first of all, if you've participated in abortion, repentance, full repentance is required before you can be 100% pro-life. But I, but I think you also have to have, you know, developed an empathy for these victims as you've described them. Now, people like Rebecca Kiesling, who's been a guest on this program and others, who are, you know, candid and open publicly about having been conceived in rape, um, you know, are some of the most, of course, outspoken opponents of exceptions for rape and incest. Uh, But they're also just, (laughs) you know, aside from the issue, they are some of the most accomplished um, and uh, achieving, and their lives are so meaningful. It, It, you know, that doesn't define the life, simply... The circumstances of our conception do not define who we are uh, for the rest of our lives, if you will. So thank you for saying that, because I think that's really important that we as the church would get there, because I don't think we are there as a church. Um, I no, think, I don't think we are either. Right. And so your open letter to uh, pastors, priests, and ministry leaders has been out there for four or five years now. And one of the things that you did with this letter is to start to try to ground ministry leaders in the truth of how prevalent abortion is in the church. Talk about that just a little bit. And if you have received feedback and, um, you know, people have re- responded to that, what what has that response been like? Uh, well, I can tell you that the response from the post award of women that I've that I've shared it with that has been very very positive. They, I think that what is written in here uh, resonates with them. Um, it's been kind of a mixed response from ministry leaders, to be very honest with you. Um, I don't ever want to be. I am not trying to criticize. Uh, pastors or priests or ministry leaders, because I know they have a huge job. All I'm trying to do here is to try to illuminate for them um, these women that are really in the dark. They're, I mean, as I say, we're hiding in plain sight everywhere. And when when post-abortive women um, are sitting in church, nobody can that wound in them, and many women, many women who have not yet um, received some healing for their abortion, keep this as a very, very deeply held secret. They're not going to let anybody know. And um, in fact, when I speak in churches, I've, I've often, I'll, uh, at, when I wrap up, I'll say to them, you know, I walked up here today, and every one of you thought, oh, she looks like a nice church lady. Not one of you thought I was going to open my mouth and say I had an abortion because I look just like you. <laughs> um, you know, so just trying to tell pastors we're there. Like, 
you know, statistics tell us that as many as one in four women by the age of 45 will have at least one abortion. And um, you've written in your, um, not in my church document that I love, you know, you've pointed out that um, churches aren't immune to post-abortive women. Um, Most women who go have abortions uh, state their religious preference to be Christian. Now, you know, you don't know you don't know if they mean that they were born into a family that's Christian, um, but even there's research that talks about how many women were actually attending church at the time of their abortion. So just to get pastors to understand, we're there. We're there in your churches. Many of us feel isolated and alone. Um, many of us feel, um, have sat in this self-made prison of self-hatred and guilt and shame and just fear, just so fearful, like thinking there's nobody there that we can talk to about it. And very honestly, we rarely hear the word abortion spoken in church. Um, If it's too bad for the pastor to talk about, we don't feel that we can um, talk to anybody about the the pain and grief and just unresolved um, struggle that is going on inside of us. You know, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say there's, you know, there's a pull quote as the letter appears on your website, which is we are everywhere dot org. Life uh, dot life dot life. We mm-hmm. are everywhere dot life is Kay uh, Kiefer's website. And she's our guest today. And um, we'll have that linked on our program notes after the uh, broadcast airs. But there's a poll quote that says, you are the one, again, this is a letter to pastors and ministry leaders, you are the one who can extend assurance of God's love and forgiveness to post-abortive women. Three words which can break through the fear and begin to heal deep wounds, God forgives abortion. And Kay, I think that, you know, I've I've delivered that message to various ministry leaders, and for whatever reason, there are still barriers to them actually getting that across the finish line, and the words are not yet spoken in their churches. And, and I think that, uh, like you, it's not a criticism. It's not a an indictment. It's more of an encouragement, like, you have the power. <laughs> We're looking to yeah. you. You can be setting the captives free right here today. Today, you can be setting captives free. And I think that, you know, maybe that's the missing piece. Um, And it's understandable because it's almost as if ministry leaders and pastors have been neutered. Again, I don't want to be offensive, but, you know, they're they're left playing, playing, you know, defense against a culture which says this is a woman's right. And if you're against it, you're against women. Well, that's a losing proposition. How can you craft any message that's going to be able to combat that? You know, it's a double bind and pastors, you know, get caught in it. And I think that's a lot of what leads to the silence is the cultural war around it. And of course, we know there's spiritual warfare around it as well. Um, Where do you see the church's role in this cultural war, especially now in a post-Roe world? Why is it so important that ministry leaders and church members of all levels would be carrying forward this message? Well, I think through the Church, we can point those around us to absolute truth when it comes to life. When there is, as you said, so much 
confusion and chaos out there about what is true. Um, um, and I, I've just been puzzled by this deafening silence from the Church on the issue. And, and like you said, particularly now, messaging from the Church along with action to match that messaging is critical. And there's never been a more important time for Christians to hear their spiritual leaders teach from the Bible about the value of human life. Um, our culture, like you said, screaming that abortion is necessary, that it's essential health care for women, that it's a benign experience, and nothing could be further from the truth. And it's important that the Church disciple its people regarding sanctity of human life and to minister to those who have been wounded by exercising reproductive choice. Think about this. Women who are stuck in that dark place of fear and guilt and shame and regret, they are not going to speak up about their abortion pain. But once women are healed, they are free. They, they, are, they walk into that free or that full abundant life Jesus talked about, and that's when they are free to speak out, to tell what abortion did to them, and to combat the messages saying that abortion is good and necessary or it does no harm. The church is essential in culture. Mm. Kay Kiefer, our guest, weareeverywhere.life is her website. And we're talking about her ministry as well as this amazing instrument that anybody can get uh, from her ministry to, to present to your pastor. Maybe you don't feel articulate or even comfortable approaching your pastor uh, or your ministry leaders at your church. Here's this letter that has it all for you. And uh, I just, I also need to clarify when I said, you know, pastors, you can set the captives free. Of course, we know it's the Lord that does that. But what an awesome feeling when you become his instrument for that mission. And Kay, I know, I, I know you've been there and so have I. And it's an amazing thing to watch the Holy Spirit work and to watch hope dawn on a man or a woman's face who's been broken by abortion and so that's the encouragement that I give. It's not that we, any of us, are setting captives free, but it's that, wow, when you become, you know, the messenger for that message, uh, it's an amazing thing that, that you can see happen as you watch God at work. I, w- I want to switch gears just a little bit, Kay, and talk about a healthcare conference that you're working on presenting in the spring of next year. And I think it's, you know, you talked about reproductive choice. That's terminology that is, you know, kind of the state of the art right now, instead of saying abortion. It's reproductive choice. Um, and I, I've been involved in learning from mental health care professionals about reproductive loss and what that is. And, you know, there's no escaping that a miscarriage is reproductive loss. A stillbirth is reproductive loss. Um, you know, uh, fetal anomaly, ectopic pregnancy, uh, children, you know, who die because of these diagnoses, reproductive loss. And yet somehow we think that because it was a woman's will, that's not a reproductive loss. Uh, tell me about the vision for this conference and maybe rough it in for us. Give us some dates if people think that they may want to become uh, involved with it. Sure. Um, you know, I think for those of us who have kind of been embedded in the pro-life movement, we've been sort of in a bubble. Um much of the news and information that we learn is not what most of the world hears, mm. not even other Christians, and this certainly includes healthcare professionals. Um, when you think about the 
mainstream, long-standing medical authorities and professional organizations like the AMA and the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and others. I just came across something today from the American Association of Family Physicians. They maintain a pro-abortion stance. So many of our pro-life Christian healthcare friends don't hear the information that we hear. So this is a one-day conference that we're planning for healthcare professionals to address the physical, emotional, and sexual impact of abortion on women, and then to equip those professionals to be able to compassionately care for these women and counsel um, those who are facing, currently facing unplanned pregnancies. Uh, and we're, we're just very hopeful that this will empower pro-life healthcare people with the resources they need to confidently counsel women for life. And when and where? Uh, yes, it is April 21st, 2023 in Fargo, North Dakota. I chose a date so that hopefully it's after the worst of winter in Fargo. <laughs> um, we, we, we do not yet have our event website up, but we're, hope, we're going to be hopefully posting, we'll be, have things on Facebook and then hopefully posting something on our We Are Everywhere website as well. Okay, I appreciate so much the heart that you have for people who've been hurt by abortion and the hope that you offer that that hurt doesn't have to be carried the rest of our lives. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing through We Are Everywhere and the conference you're planning and everything else that I know you're accomplishing for the Lord. Thank you, Kay, for being our guest today. Kim, thank you so much. Kay Kiefer is our guest. You can find out all of uh, her work and her ministry at our website at cradlemyheart.org. And I urge you to visit her website as well. It's simply weareeverywhere.life. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you next time. This is Cradle My Heart Radio with Kim Katola, preventing abortion and helping those it hurts. Please get in touch with Kim. Find out more at cradlemyheart.org. You can listen to the podcast on all platforms.